Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello? This is the Britflix Fryfest preview series 2019. Welcome to another Britflix.com podcast, Frightfest 2019 preview series. My name's Stuart Wright, and today's guest is Fernando Al. Hello, Fernando. Hello. Um, and you didn't butcher my name, so I'm, I'm glad for that introduction. <laughs> I'll just whisper, uh, audience, we did have a bit of a pre-brief on how I might say it. So I think I got away with it. Um, <laughs> so we've come to talk about your film, Mutant Blast, which is playing at Frightfest this year. Uh, you directed and wrote the film. So before we do any, go into any detail about it, do you want to give people a brief synopsis as to what this crazy motherfucker of a film is, please? Well, I, I think uh, it's uh, an apt description, crazy motherfucker of a film, because uh, uh, the film is uh, starts with a zombie apocalypse, but that's just the first... Uh, 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 part of the film uh, the the synopsis is, is uh, a trio of characters who are running from zombies in an evil government uh, operation uh, but uh, in the end of the first act there's a nuclear bomb that explodes so there uh, the zombies uh, become they 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 are not the focus anymore of the story and we introduce mutants and the story keeps getting crazier and crazier with the introduction of a giant lobster and a giant rat so it's really a film that uh, um it's it's really if if you already have your ticket i think it's best you try not to find too much about it because i think it's a journey i think if you if you if you see the movie for the first 10 minutes you think maybe oh i know what this is this is like a terminator ripoff or a resident evil ripoff and uh it's not it's a really a wild journey that uh, gets crazier and crazier by the minute no i think that's i think that makes a lot of sense i think i would i would add to crazy motherfucker that it's like it's like as if as if um as if maybe Salvador Dali sprinkled a little bit of dust over a trauma film. <laughs> well, that's a that's a wonderful description and a wonderful compliment because I uh, this movie, if you read the synopsis, you might uh, see it as just a, a B movie. But I think that uh, my intention in making the movie was like apply um, uh, an art house paint over uh, uh, something that uh, seems like a, a B-movie. So I think it has a lot of art house sensibilities. So the 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 description of Salvador Dali is great because the movie uh, is really, uh, I, I would just, I would, I would, it, the movie makes sense. It's a narrative that makes sense. But I, I would say that the movie is a bit surrealist. Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 it layers itself with, 
with absurdity upon absurdity, but we're still, but we're still wor worried about and concerned for who we believe are sort of real people in the in the context of your film world. That, that's also something that was very important to me. I just didn't want to be a silly comedy. I wanted to uh, the characters be the main focus, and I I always thought that the, if the if if the the audience is is with the characters, they like them. They'll they'll go through the entire journey and they'll believe because it's there's a uh, you know that you you might you might think there's like a, a tone shift in the movie and it could be and it could be bad you know it could ruin the movie because we start introducing crazy elements but I think the elements are introduced gradually. And we always are focused on the characters and their relationships. So I think we pulled it off uh, because that was my main concern. Uh, we even uh, uh, had jokes uh, and uh, so sometimes during the shooting, we, I would talk with the actors and would say, let's uh, take out this joke because it ruins the character moment. It's like a real character wouldn't say that. So we are trying yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, I mean, this isn't a word people often bandy around when they're talking about a trauma release. Is is that I think Mutant Blast, for all of its craziness, has got subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I think that uh, uh, th that's not a thing that people say uh, too much about about trauma films, and uh, I think I think um, I've, I, the the movie has already played at uh, several festivals, and uh, we got a really good review from a from a film critic who hates trauma films, and mm. he said, well. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting the movie to have a heart. Um, and uh, it's very... The movie has lots of uh, head crushes and lots of violence, but it's not its not mean, you know? The violence is always against creatures, zombies. Uh, there's no nudity in the film. It's very... I think that you if if you made the PG-13 cut of this, of this film... Uh, you wouldn't lose the the essence of it. Of no, course, no. It, it's less funny. It's more funny to see zombie heads getting crushed. But uh, the main thing of the movie is like the the story, the heart. Now, now for people who who are, who are sort of putting their plan together, they may have come across some of your shorter form work at Frightfest already. Um, I believe I, mean, I didn't see it at the time, but I've seen it since. Uh, Banana Motherfucker, that played at uh, Frightfest, yeah? Um, yes, and Papa um, Wrestling, in the year before, it was Papa Wrestling, my first short film, and uh, the audience reaction was amazing. And what People was your, what was your, what was your uh, Turn Your Bloody Phones Off one? What was yours? Sorry? What was your, you did a Turn turn The Bloody Phone Off. Oh, film. yes, the, the Turn Your Bloody Phone Off, yeah, Frightfest invited me, it's like uh, almost seven years ago, I think, I yeah. think it was. 2012, and we did one with the Papa Wrestling character. Uh, he's watching a movie. The guy uh, picks up the phone and he he kills the guy in the movie in the movie theater. Um, <laughs> well, good. So that so that for, for people that have been watching, who've, who've kept their eye on you, then they may well have a good idea what to expect with uh, Mutant Blast. But let me let me take you back to the sort of beginning of the process. Now we've sort of established the big the sort of big messages about the fact that this is a this is a kind of you know trauma film with a heart, lots of still lots of gore, plenty of subtlety, which is not a word you often associate with it. But but for you, where where did the what was the kernel of the idea 
or the start of this for you in the writing stage of it? How well, did, what, what did you start? What idea did you start off with? Uh, that, that's that's one thing that's funny about the movie because um, when we we were, the first festival we showed in there was like uh, uh, news on websites and people thought it was just a zombie movie and that's what um, uh, uh, you know if you go if you go see the movie there are people at Friday Fest that just go see the movie without seeing any trailer yeah uh that that's how that's how they'll see and i i wish that i that i could that i could be like the the avengers and make a trailer that shows nothing mm. that would just say that if i had guaranteed that the people would uh, buy the ticket that uh, they would see the movie I, I would keep everything a secret because I like I like a lot about uh, the fact that, that there's a turn in the movie you know and mm. that the zombies are really don't really matter uh, halfway through the movie and then they they come back towards the end uh the idea was that i always wanted to do a zombie movie okay. uh I, I watched the 28 days later the romero movie Shaun of the dead you know there it was about that around that time that there was the resurgence of zombies and i always liked them as a creature uh but when I started to to think about making the movie, the zombies had reached uh, like a, a saturation point in uh, in our culture. Like they were over overexposed, you know. So yeah. it's like, what's new to do with zombies? So that's uh, when the movie, uh, which I would say started as a love letter to zombie movies, hmm. uh, turned into a breakup letter. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm over zombies, so, but I'm, I I want to pay homage to zombies uh, at the same time. So that's what the, the movie is about. So that's why I I started getting disinterested in the in the in the zombies. And uh, it shows uh, narratively, you know, you know uh, with the introduction of the mutants in the the movie. When I was writing, it was a discovery for me because I, I as I was writing, I fell in love with the characters. There's a character in particular that people like a lot. There's a giant lobster. I fell in love with that character, and uh, uh, to me, that's what was most important in the movies was uh, the characters, not. not not so much the gore, even though if that's what you're into, you'll be satisfied because I think the movie has a lot of head crushes and the limbs getting torn off. So. No, it does. I mean, let's let's. I mean, I asked this before, and so uh, just for the benefit of the audience, given it is obviously a trauma and playing to time. How how many liters of blood do you think you went through? Or fake I, blood, should I say? I can't quantify it. I can only say that it was a lot. Okay. Like, uh, more than more than a hundred liters for sure. Gee whiz. Yes. <laughs> so in terms of the so in a way you're you're you've gone you've gone let's make a zombie film and then partway through it you've kind of gone maybe there's maybe the the room's already full um, and obviously zombie films lend lend themselves anyway to dystopian futures which I think you can you can kind of play with in that kind of post apocalyptic sense can't you so there's there's there's, there's a the similarities, isn't there, between a sort of post-apocalypse dystopia and and a zombie apocalypse? There, yes. Civilization as we know it is over. So whatever you do after that, the rules are yours, aren't they? In a way. Yes, um, I think that that uh, I, I, you know, 
there are zombie movies where they're uh, where it's like contained in an island and then there are zombie movies where it's like outbreak and the end of the civilization uh i'm that's what fascinates me most you know the the end of civilization so uh, the the best zombie movies that you know approach this idea the you know usually the bad guys are not the zombies you know it's like uh day of the dead the bad guys are are humans and mm. uh, i think i think that's the most interesting part in an, uh, and i think that's what happens in the, in the walking dead as well um so uh, but but in in my movie it's like uh, it's just uh uh, a window dressing. I don't really approach the, the, these themes that the, the others. Uh, although my movie has some uh, environmental concerns and uh, kind of talks about maybe the plights of refugees, but you know, at the end of it, it's just, is it is an entertaining movie. I'm not uh, uh, putting any message on people. Not I want people to to have a good time. That's uh, no, no, and I think that I think that's it's very easily had. And like you say, like we said at the start, this is about this is about two two uh, at the very least two strong characters. In um, it's it's Pedro, isn't it? The the guy with the hangover, yes. and yes, a, yes. A Maria, the, uh, the the sort of disenfranchised sort of soldier woman um, who yes. loses her uh, TS role. Uh, what, what is that? A clone or is it a, an android? Uh, if, if you uh, if you want to say that sh that the uh, what what happens to that character is a spoiler. So if you're about oh to no no I wouldn't I wouldn't want to say what happens to them. But it was more, what, okay. what is he? What is he? He's a is he? A, oh, he's, oh, he's, he's, a, he's a product of an experiment, isn't he? Yes, yes, okay. maybe something to do with cloning. Yes, I would say that because uh, uh, the that that character is played with the, by the same actor as the the villain, the the main guy. Who he's in, under heavy prosthetics. Got you, got you. Um, so, um, I've always wanted to know, and because there's a lot in your film, is um, and, and obviously making sort of low budget movies is is always about sort of time, time and t time taken versus minutes you get on the screen and stuff. What, how, how long, and, and what's what, what have you found the most effective way is it to do a foot squashing a head and it splashing like a melon? Oh, I'm I'm getting better and better at it. So I'm getting we're we're getting very uh, quick to doing that. So uh, I I started crushing heads with my first short film, Papa Wrestling, and uh, back then we took a lot of time preparing and filling up the head. Then we because the way we crush heads, we do it like uh, Georges Méliès. You know, like uh, have uh, you have the the plate of the background, you have the the character, and then you replace it with a with a dummy, so it looks very real. You know, even mm. if the dummy is not real, you as you have the uh, the frame of of the of the real actor before, uh, it really gives the impression that the head is being crushed. So as as we as I've been doing the that effect for. Over over ten years now, over short films and over yeah. over sketches uh, that I, I did for uh, for YouTube and that kind of stuff, I'm getting really quick at it. And uh, just recently, last week, we did a bottle cap challenge hmm. uh, for our Facebook channel, and we 
and we we basically had the 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 bottle cap challenge the one person was going to try to to kick the cap of the bottle yeah. and he accidentally decapitates uh, the guy who's who's holding the the bottle <laughs> And uh, you 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 should check it out on our, our Facebook. I'll uh, put I'll put a link in the show notes so everybody else yeah. can check oh, it too. Okay, great, great. Uh, and uh, we did that with it was so quick because we're, it's like um, everything is more, prefer, more more prepared now. It's like I have a magnet on on the on the end of the decapitated neck. I have a magnet on the on the part where the head goes off so it's like uh, we we don't have to be we don't have to balance uh, to, to keep everything balanced because the magnet holds it together and then just the impact will take the the, the head off and uh, it's like already the tubes are already in place so everything took us like 20 minutes to, to do so we did that very very quickly what would be for, for the for the um, for the one to be filmmaker listening in who's, who just can't can't seem to get it right. What what's your top tip then for uh, for a, a squash steroid decapitation? Um, my tip for decapitation is I think that you shouldn't cheat. Uh, uh, you should I, I, you shouldn't cheat. Uh, you you shouldn't uh, do a, a, a off screen and just hearing the sound. The audience doesn't like that. It doesn't take a lot of money to do uh, decapitation. You know, Trauma did it with watermelons or, uh, or cantaloupe, I, I'm not sure. Mm. So it's really easy to do the the entrails. You know, you have, you can, you can have, uh, you can tear off toilet paper and then put it in, in food, a red food dye, and then you have uh, like brains uh, splatter. So you, if you get like a, a a latex mask at the Halloween store and you cut uh, you you cut like uh, holes in its eyes and you fill you fill that with uh, with toilet paper and red dye. If you put like a water balloons, like a water balloon with uh, with with blood in it and another water balloon with air, and then you just. Uh, <laughs> Unleash all your force and and smash it, you know. I think. <laughs> I uh, I never thought in my life I'd ever be able to just talk freely in an interview about how to decapitate and how to squash a head, but that was that was really enjoyable. I, I, my advice for uh, aspiring filmmakers is go for it. It's like uh, there there are uh, uh, cheap ways to to do all these kind of effects, and uh, there are a lot of tutorials uh, on YouTube and. Um, don't 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 uh, rely on doing off screen and just hearing the sound and don't rely on doing everything digitally digital can help you a lot mm. you can uh, you can for example instead of uh, filming the actor you can create a mask and uh, insert the face of the actor that's very helpful but don't uh, decapitate people digitally don't use cgi blood that's that should be a scene to, to use so you're, you're, you're advocating the in-camera approach yes, to VFX. Definitely, if you use visual effects, always uh, in support of the practical effects. Good man, good man. I'll uh, I'll vote for that one. Um, 
It's uh, you, now we said at the beginning you play, you, you, your film showing at Frightfest. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes so people can find out more details as to as to when and where they can watch Mute Blast. But it's the 20th anniversary of um, of Frightfest this year, and I wanted to ask the guests, all the guests that come on, what what do you remember of your 20th birthday? Oh, that's an easy one. Uh, on my 20th birthday, I was filming my first short film, Papa no, Wrestling. No way! Uh, yes, yes, which, which played at Frightfest. So it's very poetic because uh, the, my birthday, was, I, I didn't come, didn't celebrate it. I just, we, we were shooting the film and at the end of the, of the, of the shoot, uh, so, so some crew members brought a cake. Uh, and that was my celebration, you know. So it's really, really, really strange that you would ask that question. That's that's where I was when, on my twentieth birthday. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was going to say just for the listener. Off, honestly, I just asked that question. That wasn't. We didn't pre-plan that. That is lovely. A lovely bit of uh, circular narrative going on in in the chaos of real life. Yes, yes, and now it was, it was like 2010 that it played there, and now it's like nine years later, almost a decade later, here I am with my first feature film. And, and what do you think, um, compared to short films you've shot, what do you think was the, was the added challenge for you making a feature film compared to when you've been make, making your short films for you? What, what did you experience that was different? Well, I at first when I started making this feature film, I I had the mindset that was like uh, if a feature film is like a hundred minutes, ninety, a hundred minutes, and the short film is like ten, fifteen minutes, hmm. a feature film should be ten times harder <laughs> and ten times more expensive. No, it's a hundred times or a thousand times harder. And a thousand times more expensive, you know. It's like it's very de- different to arrange the schedule of actors who, who, for a short film, for a weekend, or for three or four days, yeah. Or to arrange the schedule for actors for thirty plus days, and uh, especially if you're not uh, you're not paying them well enough or not paying them at all, and then it, of course they have their lives, they have their schedules of other. No, there's other conflicts, and it's like an absolute headache. Mm. Just just scheduling, it's a nightmare. And um, and uh, of course, it's the it's much more exhausting. You know, I, I uh, most uh, feature films around my budget, most independent feature films, they shoot for 15, 20 days. We shot for forty days. That's uh, four zero. 40 days. Yeah, yes, yes, because wow. we yeah, we we were perfectionists, you know. If we yeah. if we didn't make our day, we had to act the next day to to get everything done, get everything right. No, we never there was never anything that we we didn't do that we set out to do. So, of course, there we we went over schedule. But we did everything we we we, we wanted to do, and uh, of course it's something that not everyone can do. You know, uh, uh, we we had a, a crew that believed in the movie and uh, you know put in the effort. Of course, it can be different if you are like uh, paying people by the hour and uh, 
by the end of the last shooting day, you have no money. Mm. You know, if you, otherwise you don't have money for post-production, and that's and that's the uh, th that's one thing that uh, it's it's a very good lesson. It's all, always save money for post-production because you don't want to make a movie and then run out of money for post-production because uh, it costs money. It costs money to do to do a film with a good sound, good music. Mm. Now. Um... Thinking about um, it being a trauma release, um, was 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 it always made for trauma, or did you make the film and trauma were interested in what you'd made? Uh, no, they they were involved uh, since the beginning. Okay, uh, they, they were um, they were the first financiers to come on board, and later we got uh, funding from the from the Cinema Institute in Portugal. It's like. Mm -hmm. um, you you have a uh, state funding as well in the UK, right? Yeah, uh, the, Bf, the BFI. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really, really weird that a film like this should get uh, uh, funding. You know, people look at the surface. You know, it's a drama movie. It's like uh, blood and guts, and uh, I think that speaks to the to the strength of the uh, of the script. You know, of the 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 thing that we mentioned before uh, uh, regarding the characters and the, the relationships. Mm. Uh, one, one, one last question then. So, given given that forty day shoot and wanting to be wanting to get everything that you that you had scheduled and not wanting to lose anything, what for you was um, the 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 achievement of achievements? I mean, obviously making the feature film is the achievement. I wouldn't want to undermine that. But but in terms of when you were day to day in the trenches trying to make this film and you're looking at what you've got to do, is there anything you can describe? in terms of what was achieved that you're kind of most proud of sort of within the making of the film i think i think that would be in the beginning we have a, a sequence shot uh it's like a, a, a one minute uh, action sequence right which it cuts you know of course but we we hide the cuts uh, because otherwise we'd have killed somebody for real. Because <laughs> there's a, there's a head crush in the middle of the of, of the, the the one shot sequence, and it's like um, I, that's something that I really wanted. I wanted to the, the film to have a really strong start. Yeah. I didn't want people to to be on edge, so thinking is this going to be good? And I want no, no. This has to open like with a good shot and uh, and uh, has to uh, have a really good pace, and then we have a uh, that action sequence in the beginning. So uh, we didn't have a lot of preparation for that one, and we shot it like in a day and a half, and uh, it was uh, it was amazing because we 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 were on a we we were in a in a place where we 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 entered at ten and we had to to leave at six, and we were shooting that and the 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 guy who was like the the, the janitor responsible for uh, for being there with us, hmm. he didn't care that we were making a movie. It's like six o'clock. We had to be out. Really? So it's re yeah yeah. So it's really uh, intimidating, you know. It, uh, that that one that one was like one that we couldn't really afford to. Okay, we didn't make the day. We'll make up later. We we just couldn't. We had those couple of days. It was like half a day of prep and uh, half a day of shooting and the other day uh, a whole day of shooting that sequence. So that that's one I'm I'm really really proud that we that we managed to to get and I think that. Um, 
uh, I, I when I envisioned it, I envisioned it like with more zombies, and there were a couple of more kills. But I look at it and I don't, I don't feel like, oh, I wish it. No, I, I look at it and I'm, I'm proud of it. You know, yeah. I don't think of uh, what, what it could have been. Maybe it, it would be worse. You know, maybe it would be worse if I, if we, if we had uh, inserted the, those two extras, extra kills that we, we had in mind. So. I'm, I'm, and that's it for the whole movie. I'm really, I'm really proud of the movie. I don't think, I don't, I don't look back at anything, and I don't have any regret. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, thank you very much for uh, giving us your time on, on the Britflix podcast, the preview, Mutant Blast. As uh, I think, I, and now I've got to the end. I could say, I could say myself that, like, like your critic, I wouldn't say I hated trauma, but I just didn't have an interest in them, um, having watched enough, you know, enough of it in the kind of late eighties, early nineties. Okay. And I think it would be safe to say that if they were, if they if they carry on being like your film, then I'd be I'd be a new trauma convert, I suppose. Oh, great, great! And uh, uh, what's your what's your what was your impression at the beginning? When when did you uh, feel like okay, I'm good. This movie, this is going to be good. I'm going to like it. At what moment? Without spoilers, of course. At what moment in the film? It's like. Ten minutes in, it's like a half an hour in. What what was your moment? I think I, I will, I'm, I'm always going to with the nature of what I'm doing when I'm watching films with with a view to sort of talking to people to preview them. I'm always sort of open to it. Um, okay. And so I'm always I'm always going to watch them all the way through. So it's hard. I know what you're saying. I think I think I was like when I saw the cock painted on his or the penis painted on his face. When they woke up with a hangover, I was I was just like, well, I'm in a safe pair of hands here because that's that's a neat little gag without because you don't go gag, you just let it you let it be there and then it plays it pays off much later, but it's it's present and then once we get we get a bit of a flashback of something to explain it to us, but but it was like I was thinking this the sense that gave me after the kind of like you say the the sort of hold on to your seat opening of the breakout of the military whatever you might call it thing. Um, that was like, you know, that was as much, you know, here we are, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a, a dystopian future, there's zombies and stuff. And I can kind of, and I've seen that before. And then when you shift it, and I can't remember, I, mean, I don't know how, how long, way, way you time it. I mean, I was about five minutes in, about yeah, five minutes in. Yeah, yeah. So about five yeah. minutes in, I'm like, Oh, look, here we go. That's a clever touch. And, uh, <laughs> and then I was kind of, and then obviously and as it, as it wore on, I was uh, there's there's bits in it so there I won't I won't I won't describe it specifically but if I say it to you you'll know what I mean there's a there's a there's a very deformed hand at one point <laughs> oh thank you thank you for it's like I, I've done interviews before and people are about to say about the hand it's like no that's the biggest spoiler you can say no that's no like no no really I, wouldn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't dream of it but it was yeah like... because the re- the reaction of people when they see it on uh, when we screen at the film festivals. People go crazy because it's like they can't imagine. <laughs> no, it's like it's a really things. neat. I mean, I'd say like for people who are listening, sort of making their selections, it's sort of it's full of these surprises. I mean, you've mentioned you've mentioned your lobster, and am I right in thinking the lobsters speaking French, or is it just my, is is the lobster speaking French? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. cool. I thought I was going crazy at first because obviously <laughs> I, I can. I, 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 for the listeners' benefit, I was telling you that I live in a part of East London with uh, with, a, with a few Portuguese places around, so I'm familiar with you know the expression "obrigado." So I could I, I know I could you know everyone's speaking 
um, Portuguese in the film, and then then there's like this French voice, and I'm like, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was where, where when I think where we started the podcast. That that's where for me I was like thinking, um, there's there's the there's there's an absurdity to what you did there, without without losing touch with the narrative you were doing because it still flowed with what was going on. Yeah, and and that, that's one element that I was really really scared because I thought. Uh, this won't fit together. What if this doesn't fit together? Because you see the movie, you see the opening of the movie, and then you see where it ends, and it's like nothing like what is. It's like one thing doesn't have doesn't have one uh, anything to do with the other. Hmm. Will this hold up? Will this will ever? That's why I always had these worries that it should that it should be gradually. So that's why when he the character first meets the mutants where the the lobster is introduced, I had like this ethereal music like out of this world, and it's like there it's introducing them one by one, and the character itself, the main character itself, is like uh, uh, feels that it's weird. So it's like. That we are taking uh, the the audience by hand, and it's like we're we're carefully uh, uh, stepping up this uh, ladder into madness, you know. Exactly, but, and, and uh, let's be honest, these characters, by the point that they get to that bit in the film, if you think, if if we believe that their real, their world is real within the context of the film, they've already experienced a zombie attack. So, you know, you you and I haven't really experienced a zombie attack, so therefore. You and I haven't got the kind of comparison of them when we meet mutants, you know. But it, but I think if you've survived them, if you've survived a zombie attack, and then you meet a bunch of sort of people who you don't know what to make of them because of their mute their mutant look, um, it's in the context of already having survived zombies. So for me, it's uh, it's it was uh, it was great the way they reacted. One thing, what just 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 thinking of your love of zombie films, I'm guessing your um, twenty eight hours later text was yes. uh, was a direct uh, nod to uh, yes. Mr. Boyle's it, film. Yes, definitely. And that's that's I, I me as a filmmaker I'm like always questioning myself and I, I really hate when it's like uh, those horror movies it's like uh, oh hello detective carpenter so Miss Craven is here to see you. It's like uh, <laughs> no, no, don't do that. It's like you're taking me out of the movie. But I, I, I thought well it's about twenty some hours later, so yeah, I'll put. No, it was a nice. It, was, it, was a, it made me smile. That it made me smile. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, look, um, thank you very much for coming yeah. on the podcast. I hope it's been good for you. Oh yeah, yeah, I love talking about the movie, and thank you very much for for the, the opportunity to promoting. Uh, and uh, I really hope that uh, people who are on edge will be because I know that uh, there are clashes in the schedule for Fightfest. They'll be convinced by, by the interview to check out Newton Blast. Cool. Let's hope so. The Britflix podcast is provided absolutely free. If you want to help me get the podcast out to more people, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. Or if you want to help me out directly, there's a link in the show notes to my Patreon page. All contributions are welcome. And the music is by Chris Reed of thecomposers.tv.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.